Welcome to part three of this episode of the Rocky Mountain Freedom Zone podcast titled Christmas Traditions and Stories with Kevin Williams and Rod Meldrum. Let's talk about Christmas traditions. What is your favorite Christmas tradition, given Christmas time is here now and Christmas will be uh, in a few, well, in a few weeks by the time this gets published on Saturday. Yeah. Well, my, uh, my, my family, um, you know, we're, we're, we're all from European descent, basically. And uh, Christmas is always kind of a big thing for all of our ancestors, as far as I'm aware. But uh, but my, my mom took it to a whole new level. I mean, we would, I've, I've teased people before that, you know, we, we, we left Christmas so much that my mom wouldn't take down the lights. And uh, sometimes when we were hunting for Easter eggs, we'd be tripping over the, uh, you know, the Christmas lights. <laughs> you know, so. Oh, wow. No, I'm just kidding. That's that, but but that's but yeah. We 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 would not take our uh, our Christmas decorations and stuff down in our home until probably towards the end of January. So you know uh, that's so, not a bad idea because uh, let's face it, there is something about Christmas music. There is something about Christmas decorations that does keep your spirit up, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Now it's, let's it's, face it, it, it's very depressing. Uh, this time of year if it wasn't for christmas it's certainly depressing january and february so i don't have a problem with someone keeping their christmas decorations up even up until valentine's day or maybe even i don't know mid-march when things get a little <laughs> bit better the weather and all that yeah well well, well basically so we had some really kind of fun uh, christmas um things i i, I i've always loved christmas I've never really liked winter much, but I've always liked Christmas. I had a, I had a, a February birthday, so um, it seemed like it was – I only remember one year as a kid growing up when I actually could go out and play outside on my birthday. And I, 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 always, wow. I always hated that because I, I love to play outside. So anyway, but we had uh, some, some wonderful traditions. I mean, uh, oh, so many of them, but – uh, we we always do the twelve days of Christmas. My mom made um, back in uh, one, one of the organizations within our our church basically is the Relief Society, and the Relief Society would have these uh, these activities where they would make things. And one of the things that they made way back when is they they uh, they had every every um, um, woman in the uh, in, in the the ward there would gather cans of different sizes so you know everything from like a vienna sausage sized can to uh you know to great big you know like a hat box kind of a thing but they'd get them with all these different uh in, in these cans or boxes and then they would cover them with felt and they would put the 12 days of christmas with uh with different things on so like you know they had the you know, the, the five golden rings and the, you know, four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves and a partridge in a pear tree, you know, kind of thing. Anyway, so they oh, decorated okay. with all these things. And, and so we had the 12 days of Christmas, which, which uh, 12 days before Christmas, we'd start with these cans and, uh, and each one we'd have a, a story. We'd, we'd read a, a story about Christmas or, or, you know, you know, Christ or, you know, uh, things, uh, you know, giving and that kind of thing. Um, and then we'd also then had one of our Christmas traditions was we would we would um, find a family that that was in need of certain things, whatever, or, or just maybe you know somebody has been laid off or down on their luck or just needed a hand or whatever. 
and uh, and we'd as a family decide who were going to be our 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 Christmas uh, twelve days of Christmas family. And so each each night we would take a gift um, to the family, um, all anonymous. So we'd and it, it was always a lot of fun <laughs> for us because we had to yeah. Well, it sneak, sounds sneak like up, it. Sneak up to their house, you know, and put it on their door and then ring the doorbell and run and, and, and not get caught. And I don't think we ever got caught in all the years that we were there. I think there was one time a family figured out who we were based on the present that we gave them. But, but bottom line is, is that uh, it was always just a lot of fun to, uh, to do that, to, we, we would usually be in a position so we could kind of see at least when they came in and out and picked up the present and, and uh, brought it back in the house. And then sometimes we knew the people, or we knew friends of the people or whatever. And so we kind of get some feedback about, you know, um, you know, how it, how it affected their lives or whatever, which is always nice to kind of see, you know, that what you're doing is making a difference for people. But that was always a fun tradition that we did. Um, we would have uh, our, our ward um, in, in the elder, in the, the, the church, basically our ward had a Christmas tradition where we would always have um, a nativity. So we'd always go to the nativity and we had a, one, one particular guy um, who had actual uh, animals. He had a, he actually had a couple of camels <laughs> that he had. Um, and he had a kind of menagerie of, you know, cows and goats and horses and sheep and all kinds of stuff. And uh, so he would, so we, we started having the nativity over in his big barn and they set up bales of hay and everybody would come out and would have hot hot chocolate and uh, and 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 have a nativity and the ward members would dress up in robes and stuff and and act out the whole part of the nativity, which was always uh, a wonderful and fun experience for everybody to do that together. And then uh, then usually at the end they'd have Santa Claus come in and and uh, they'd give out uh, little bags of uh, peanuts and uh, it had usually like an orange in it. And some hardtack candy, and they would give that out to all of the uh, the, the kids, and then they could go and, and uh, sit on Santa's lap and and uh, you know talk to Santa. That was a fun tradition, as well. But I I, I love the traditions, and they're great. Um, and uh, we still do that to this day. We've been, we've done that up until the last couple of years when we've been building the house because my wife and I have been. In different places, she's been taking care of her parents while I've been building the house, and we've been uh, not able to do that. But uh, we're looking forward to doing that this year. But I, I tell you, what yeah, that sounds me, fun. It's, it's, it's the it's the symbolism of Christmas that's the that's the coolest uh, part of it. And uh, in fact, I was going to try to see if I could find that here. Well, while you're finding that, I uh, the Christmas of 1993, which you're going to hear about, by the way, on a podcast coming up, you're going to hear about the Christmas of 93 and how it really affected me. And that was one of, it was the worst Christmas I'd had, but the best for me, because it really gave me a reality check about what Christmas is really all about. Did you have a song or something that you were going to play? Um, Actually, I, I, there's, there's a poem that I wrote um oh okay some years ago it's kind of based it's based off of the uh the the song that the, you know the um the night before christmas but okay. i'm trying to see if i can find it here real quick <laughs> i should have had it up here but i wasn't thinking about that before but let me just see well if, if you can't find it that's okay 
I will tell you this, though. Uh, you'll hear about this in the story, but I need to fill up some time here. Mm -hmm. I will tell you just a little sneak preview of the Christmas story coming up. Uh, the Christmas of 1993, which you'll hear about and about what happened in, let's say, October, probably till about March of 94, October 93. Actually, I, yeah, October 31st to probably early April of 94. And then uh, here's the kicker, though, and you'll hear about this on the podcast that will be called My Story. But Christmas of 94 was really... Uh, the Christmas of 94 was really something that told me that Christmas was never going to be the same for me, and it hasn't. Mm -hmm. And yes, I got good presents in 94. Don't get me wrong. It was a much better Christmas in that respect, yes. Um, however, the best thing about that Christmas, believe it or not, was not the presents that I got. It was watching my innocent little niece and nephew opening up their presents. It actually brought a tear to my eye. I was 14 years old. I'm sure you've had those experiences, haven't you, Rod, where you noticed your little kids opening up presents? It's kind of emotional, isn't it? It, it, it is magical. In fact, uh, for, for many years, we haven't had We've had our, our kids have grown up, but we didn't have any grandkids, and uh, it's it's it just wasn't quite the same as when you have little kids. There's something no, about Christmas and little kids that is just special. It's magical. It's just it's uh it's 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 amazing. So we're we're looking forward to that now because we have our daughter with our three grandkids, who are um one is uh just just a little bit over two years old, and then we have. And then she had twins, so we have uh, twin about uh, not quite one year old now, and it's just oh my gosh, it's so much fun to see to watch them with the Christmas lights and everything is new and exciting and and all that kind of stuff. It's it's fantastic. But but I, I will I will have to at some point will mention my. Uh, it's not just the kids though. Um, when you see families who have been struggling because of. Um, you know, a disease or, or health issues or loss of a job, and uh, and you can and you can um, give them some kind of a gift that that makes a difference in their life, whether it's uh, you know paying off a a bill or uh, you know bringing a you know something that you know uh, some cash that will help them get through another couple of months or whatever um, to see that the, the 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 response on their faces is is so uh, life changing to 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 see that when you can make a difference when you know that you can actually help somebody um, it's making a difference in their life it's a, it's a big deal uh, one 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 quick experience were you done with your were you you're done with that with that your, the, with the kids and yeah. and your experience in ninety four yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Because one of one of my favorite experiences is that uh, I had worked um, over in, uh, in in Grand Junction, Colorado, for a summer and uh, made more money than I ever I, I, I could even dream how, how much money I was making over there. It's a coal exploration driller helper over there. There's 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 you know so much money and all that whole thing. And uh, anyway, so over the course of the summer, I was actually making 
quite a bit more than my dad was making working up at Utah State University. <laughs> so, so I came back kind of loaded with with some cash, and uh, and it was Christmas was coming, and my dad. We always struggled as a family financially. Um, you know, we, I, I, he he had a, a a small dairy. We had about ten cows, I think, at our, our maximum. Um, and I, I always teach people, I say, you know, my, my dad worked at Utah State University to support his dairy habit. <laughs> you know, <that> he was <laughs> but we always had you know, milk. That, and stuff that's but, funny, yeah. but it's probably, there's probably truth behind that. Yeah, but he, I mean, he always drove uh, beat up <laughs> old Ford 150, you know, half ton trucks. They were just, they, you know, we, we'd stack them full of hay bales and oh my goodness. I mean, er, er, everything was abused as far as the... Uh, our equipment because it was always undersized or didn't have enough of it or whatever. Anyway. So, so uh, like I mentioned before, we, we heated our house mostly with wood, which required a lot of wood. Uh, we didn't have the magic heat that we, that I have now or, or yeah. in our house, and our house was kind of a basic house. You know, it was, a, it was, a, it was a custom home of its time, but I think, I remember right. I think my parents paid uh, twelve thousand dollars for that house. That's how much they paid to oh have my it gosh. built back when they built it back in '67 or '8 or something like that. I was about three or four years old when they built it. Anyway, but my dad always had to uh, saw up tons and tons of wood, and uh, so he would he would get it from uh, helping uh, helping neighbors, you know, cut down trees or wherever he could get his hands on some wood and then he'd he'd haul it back in that little truck and then we'd we'd uh, cut it up well he had this this uh for for a couple of years he actually did all of the wood cutting with a handsaw i mean literally back and forth back and forth back and forth cutting wow okay i mean my dad was a worker okay and then finally he was able to, to break down and bought a used chainsaw and that changed everything. But he was constantly having to mess with this thing. That, 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 that hardly half the time it wouldn't start or wouldn't run or whatever. It had all kinds of problems. And so, uh, so I determined that I was going to take that that problem and uh, and nip it in the bud, so to speak. So I actually went out. I found a, uh, a I think it was a still or maybe it was a craftsman. Anyway, it was a, anyway it was a, a nice big chainsaw. And I bought it for Christmas. And about two weeks or so before Christmas, um, I had a girlfriend at the time, and I was going to go do something with her all, all day Saturday. And uh, and my dad was out early in the morning, you know, cutting wood. And my mom said, well, you know, you should really go help your dad for a couple of hours before you go, you know, out playing or whatever today. And I, and I was like, oh. And so I finally decided, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to go ahead and and uh um assemble the chainsaw because it was all in a box and i so i i took about uh 20 30 minutes and assembled this the chainsaw i got the gas and, and the uh chain oil and so forth in it and uh and went out to uh to go go uh present my dad with his his christmas gift <laughs> and, and when i came up oh. to him he he had, he had his back towards me He'd been splitting a huge log. Um, he and, and the, the the chainsaw was you know was was always having problems and so forth. And he was he was basically, even though it was you know in December, it was uh, and it was cold up in Cache Valley. He was covered with sweat oh, yeah. from 
from from uh, chopping the wood and everything and 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 uh, trying to do that. And long story short, as I came up behind him and uh, and tapped him on the shoulder, and he's like, uh, "Okay, well, can you help me with this?" And then I and I just held this chainsaw out in my hand, and with one pull on the cord, it fired right up. And he looked at that, and he looked at me, and I said, "Merry Christmas, Dad." Oh my and, gosh! Uh, and he almost burst into tears, and it was one of the most um, unique experiences. Wow. It was um, what a heartwarming Christmas. That's as good as the uh, BB gun story that we've all heard, <laughs> isn't it, or the rifle story? Yeah. And, uh, and, and he, uh, I said, uh, I said, I, I, I need to go, uh, whatever, but I thought I'd help you out a little bit by getting this for you. And he said, this is, he said, this is, this is for Christmas for me. And I said, yeah, dad, you've been, you've been putting up with these crappy chainsaws and, and so forth for years. And you just worked your behind off to keep us warm and happy in our, in our little home. And, um, and I want to give you this for Christmas. And it was, at the time, I think it was about a five or six hundred dollar, you know, chainsaw. So, I mean, it, it, it was it was a nice one, um, and it and and he he used that saw for years afterwards, and he never forgot. Um, every time he'd use that, he'd just be going, you know what that that was that was an, one of my best Christmas gifts, I think, that he that he got. So. That was uh that was a, a wonderful and unique experience. We I enjoyed that, um, and that's really when I kind of felt probably one of the first times when I really felt that I had actually really given something that was, you know, significant of myself as a teenage yeah. kid to, to give a five hundred dollar yep. gift to my parents was pretty was pretty awesome. I felt like I'd been blessed that I could be able to do that. So anyway. So there's that, but but I, I did find my uh, my my poem. Okay. If you'd like to, so this is this yeah. Is, go ahead and read it. So the poem is basically done to the uh, kind of the cadence, if you will, of a night before Christmas, right? Yes. Okay, so um, it's called Christmas Symbols and Santa Claus, and I hope your audience loves this uh, as much as as I have loved. Uh, writing it and then also sharing it. I, I have shared it on our website several times and um, it's, okay. it's, it's, it's a little bit of a, uh, of a of eye opener, but it does have some really cool stuff in it too, is that I think you'll enjoy. So this is kind of how it goes. You ready? <coughs> yeah, go ahead. Twas the night before Christmas and all through the town, not a person was praying. Not one could be found. The scriptures were on a shelf just sitting there, while gifts by the dozens were spread everywhere. The children had long since gone off to bed, not once ever kneeling or bowing ahead. As I looked at the scene and was turning around, I heard a small noise and then a strange sound. As I peered in the room trimmed with ribbons and bows, I was startled by Santa Claus blowing his nose. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I started to ask. But the tears in his eyes somehow took me to task. The sparkle of the tears in his eyes, how they glistened. Then his fingers he placed on his lips and said, listen. He motioned for me to sit down on the couch. Then he sat down beside me and pulled out a pouch. From the pouch, he pulled out a small shining star. Teach the children, he said, what Christmas really is for. 
He said that the star was set atop the tree to remind us of one who came from Galilee. It signifies Christ's light is over us all, that he watches over us, both large and small. It's a sign of a promise that long was foretold, given by holy men, prophets of old. It's a sign of the light of Christ, the light of the world, that shouldn't be hidden, but stretched out, unfurled. The star has a shape of light glinting on snow, with arms like a compass showing which way to go. It points the way to find truth and find light, and wise men still seek him with all of their might. I sat there and wondered at what I had heard, all choked up by dear Father Christmas's words. I realized that I had got caught in the trap of thinking that Christmas was gifts, bows, and wrap. He seemed to be able to sense what I thought, that I'd forgotten what Christmas was for and got caught. Santa then rose from the couch to the tree and said, won't you please teach the children about this for me? Could evergreens symbolize life everlasting? You see, they don't die, he seemed to be asking. While other, these, uh, while other trees' leaves fall soft to the ground, the evergreens' colors stay all the year round. It branches up, it, its branches reach up towards the light of the sun as we stood, as we should look up towards God's perfect one. It has sheltered us, warmed us, and given us beauty, given hope and protection from nature's raw fury. Its shape draws the eye towards the heaven, the light. Its deep, deep, dark green forms a darkness like night. Green is the second of Christmas's colors. It reminds us of nature and life that it harbors. Its darkness reminds us of space God created, provided a backdrop to lights unabated. The twinkling stars amid the branches are like an are incredible universe seen on a midsummer's night. These lights are reflections <clears throat> of starlights that shine throughout the known universe for all of mankind. The lights on my tree had each color and hue, and I listened to Santa. What else could I do? He said, teach the children the lights that they see are symbols of Christ's light, examples to be. Let your light shine as they say in the book and glorify God who in heaven does look. Christmas tree lights used to be candles. Their small but bright flames chase away all the shadows. The light from one flickering flame held aloft may guide a loved one home who was all but lost. I thought of my own light. Had it gone out? My light was diminished. Of that was no doubt. Had I shared of my light to my children and neighbors, this night might be different, one to be savored. But rather I found myself torn and conflicted. I knew I wanted to know how I got so redirected. I wanted to know how that how the Christmas became presents and parties, a kind of strange game. That's page one. Let <laughs> me get page two. Okay. All how right. many pages is it? Two. Yeah. Last okay. page. Go ahead. Yeah. Teach the children. Santa's voice jerked me back from my dread. The first color of Christmas is what is called red. Intense and vivid describe red as a color. It's meant to remind us of the blood of our Savior. His precious blood was shed for all for, for all for us all, that every man might have God's gift when we fall. Speaking of gifts, that is my specialty. You see, without gifts, now just what would I be? I give each one gifts tied with ribbons and bows to help to remember what gifts God bestows. For God's my example of giving, you see, because he gave the gift of his son for everybody. This gift is the greatest and grandest of all. It's given to everyone, not like a doll. 
The things that I bring make a child's face bright, but it's God's son named Jesus that makes everything right. For he is the reason we have Christmas time. Oh, please teach the children while there is still time. A pain in my heart shot through as I pondered the time spent on meaning, meaningless things I had squandered. Was it too late to rescue this life filled with sin? Not what I should be, but what could I have been? Santa continued by speaking of gifts, how they are symbolic of the way that God lifts. For each of us can show our love to our brother by the giving of gifts from one to another. And as gifts form the base of the tree in my room, my life should be based on the gift of his son. He taught me the wreath, which was hung just above. Our mantles, symbol, uh, our mantles a symbol of never-ending love. There's no start, there's no stop, nor is there an end to the love that is shared by each woman and man. For all of God's love is one that abounds, a wreath like his arms encircled around. A warmth in my heart so deep as I felt the marvelous things Christmas is really about. I started to realize the things that I heard, these symbols of Christmas, were they all that absurd? Why hadn't I found other symbols that showed the love of my Savior to me like the bow? The bow is made from just one strand of ribbon and circled about us like God in his heaven. It represents love for all of mankind. We are all truly bound to each other in time. Like the bow, we are tied in the brotherhood of man. With the bonds of goodwill, we should each take a stand. And what about shepherds? Yeah. What more could be and what more could be meant than watching over the flock of our fellow man sent? The watching for watching the flock of our master, I'm told, helps all to return to the good shepherd's fold. Yes, I should be diligent in watching his flock and gather his sheep, although others may mock. The shepherd's crook or crane, or, or cane, it is called, is used to bring wandering sheep to the fold. So likewise, a cane made of candy reminds us that keeping our that being our brother's keepers is timeless. A shepherd relies on his crook or his, or his cane to learn on uh, to lean on when he is weary from strength. It's almost done. <laughs> bells. What do bells have to okay. do much with presents? They had, uh, let's see, so bells. What do bells have to do much with Christmas? They only had something to do with old churches. What purpose have bells in Christ's birth after all? They only annoyed me when they were heard at the mall. That sound that annoyed me when tied to a lamb might help a poor shepherd to find and save them. For each one is precious in the Lord's eyes. The sound of a bell travels both far and wide. Its clear sound is heard by all that will listen, and it's used to gather in all of God's children. It's been placed in tall towers and even in steeples to warn and to gather in all of God's peoples. <clears throat> With this thought, I found that I had awoke. I looked all around me. It wasn't a joke. I knew that my dream had not been in vain. Tomorrow and Christmas will have come again. And this time I knew that I would not blow it, for after the presents, my children will know it. Because after the, the gift wrap and presents are through, I knew just exactly what I had to do. I'll gather my family, my spouse, and my children. We'll open the scriptures, and then we will listen to learn of the teachings of Christ and his gospel, to learn the true meaning of being a disciple. And maybe, just maybe, when Christmas Day is through, these symbols of Christmas will mean more to you. And you'll teach your children the, true, the only true reason we have so many symbols to celebrate the season. The end. Wow. That's a little bit about wow, that's, uh... symbols and uh, what they mean and what that uh, what that means to me, at least. Um, and 
and I, I, I hope that everybody has a wonderful Christmas. I do too. I, I, I'm anticipating a Merry Christmas and, uh, gosh, what a good poem. When did you write that? Right back, back in 2012. Wow. And, well, uh, not a heartwarming not much story. Of a poem, no. What's that? <laughs> oh, what, what, what were you going to say? Uh, I'm not much of a poet, but that was one, uh, one, one shot at it I took. Okay. Well, with all that said, uh, is there anything else you want to uh, say or before we wrap this podcast up? Um, there's the, the, one other thing that this that I, I'm pretty excited about. So we, we talked a lot about Tim Ballard and Sound of Freedom. But what yes. uh, a lot of people don't know is there there is another film coming out by Darren Southam. He's a uh, he's also a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. By who? Um as you know, I do a lot of research involving the Book of Mormon, and uh, this this film is um, in, 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 in well, it basically it has to do with the Book of Mormon in that it has a character from the uh, the very end of the Book of Mormon that uh, that um, is being portrayed here in this film. It's called The Oath, and it's coming out in theaters on December the 8th in about a thousand theaters across the United States. It's one of the first films ever, uh, you know, like a feature film um, ever done that actually talks about the, uh, the, the, the book of Mormon and uh, it puts it in, in more of a story kind of a format of, uh, of some episodes from the life of uh, Moroni, who was the, the last uh, person in the book of Mormon to uh, do the abridgment. Anyway, um, it is, it's going to be fantastic. I'm excited about, uh, letting that hope, hopefully, I don't know if it'll become like the sound of freedom. Um, but it is a really great, uh, it's a love story along with, um, a story about honor and courage and, uh, and it's just, it, it's phenomenal. So I just want to do a little shout out to that film. It's going to be, going to be coming out in, in uh, December, uh, the 8th and you can get tickets at, um, um, I think it's the oath movie.com i think it is um and kind of similar to uh the sound of freedom they're going to be doing a, a thing where you can actually pay it pay it forward for somebody else if you want to get a ticket and buy a couple more tickets then they'll they'll make make those tickets available to people who can't afford to go so if you uh would like to be a part of that it's going to be phenomenal Kevin, I hope you'd uh, have, have a chance to go and see that uh, with, with this Christmas season as well. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, I, I hope so. I'll be down in uh, Eastern Oregon, Southwest Idaho. So hopefully I can, I doubt they're going to have it in a theater up here in Billings, at least not initially. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. Um, well, go to the website and, and check it out. If you, if you, uh, if you kind of, there's a, there's a trailer you can watch also on YouTube and all kinds of other places. It, it put the uh, the Oath movie trailer. I think it will come up in a in a Google search, and uh, you can okay. Yeah, but it's it, it's uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's got it's got action. It's got romance. I mean, it's a, it's a uh, it does tell um, just some some parts of uh, Book of Mormon story, basically specifically about the. Uh, um, about Christ coming to the native peoples here in America. Um, it's, yes. it, it, it really is phenomenal. It's a, it's a great, 
it's a great show. I, I recommend it to everybody. Well, uh, awesome. Now, who's the guy who put on who put on this film? What's his name? Um, his, his real name's Darren Southam. His stage name is uh, Darren Scott. Um, he's. We, I like got, Darren Scott um, better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's got like uh, some really big named actors and so forth, like uh, Christian Lombard and and uh, you know Eugene Brave Rock. Um, there's there's a a, a plethora of uh, of Hollywood. Um, you know, this, this, this film is not, um, geared for the LDS audience only kind of thing. It's, it's geared for everybody. It's a, it's a great, it's a great story. <clears throat> yeah. I'll, I'll definitely link it up to the website. Uh, I'll definitely, uh, there will def there's definitely a link in the show notes. Yeah. And, uh, anything else you want to talk about before we end the podcast? No, you had you had a couple other things I thought you wanted to talk about, but I think we've gone long enough. But uh, but I I, yes, I, can, I, yeah. I can keep going we've if got, you. Uh, no, we've gone way too long. Uh, what I'll probably do is I'll what I will do is I'll release this whole podcast and I'll split it up into parts. Yeah. So that people don't feel overwhelmed and think they have to listen to the whole thing to get to one specific part. Yeah. Excellent idea. Uh, okay. Anyway, folks, uh, I will talk to you later. Thank you for listening to part three of this episode of the Rocky Mountain Freedom Zone podcast called Christmas Traditions and Stories with Kevin Williams and Rod Meldrum.